Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5.30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Yes, you heard about in the news report a uh, tragic, tragic criminal attack at a Macy's in Philadelphia. I will cover that for you as well. Uh, All the latest uh, political news of the day as we are looking closer and closer to, well... Political life after Doug Burgum. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Great to have you with us today. And always a pleasure to welcome to the show the man himself, the man who wrote the book Hate Crime Hoax, Dr. Wilfred Riley. His upcoming book, Lies My Liberal Teacher Told Me, now available for pre-order at Amazon.com. What's up, Professor? Not much, just you know, living the dream, living life. All those, all those kind of cliches just uh, just left my office. What about you? Yeah, nothing. You know, I I was uh, I was shocked last week when that court upheld the conviction of of Juicy Smollett. I I didn't see that coming. I thought the guy was uh, <laughs> really guilty of, a, of of being a victim of a hate crime. I was shocked. Yeah, I think people are kind of sick of the whole Black Lives Matter era. I mean, certainly just like even listening to like Caucasian friends in the group chat, much less serious politicians behind closed doors. I, a lot of everyone wants to resolve kind of lingering racism or sexism in the USA. But I think it's starting to strike a lot of people that many of the quote unquote leaders that talk about this stuff are just hucksters and thieves. And I mean, you know, we saw that with BLM, the organization ended up uh, existing for a year without a CFO and buying eight mansions or whatnot. I mean, Jesse Smollett is a guy who mobilized the whole country around looking for, you know, these MAGA hat wearing racists in downtown Chicago mm-hmm. near the Gold Coast. Right. And I mean, you know, it turned out it was a whole lie. He almost started some serious racial conflict in that city. So I'm not surprised to see judges throwing the book at him like that. That whole era didn't produce much of anything. I mean, black homicide rate doubled homicide rate for Caucasians up 50 percent. You know, police shootings of unarmed men, unarmed black men did drop from 14 to 12. So there's that. 14 percent or 14 people no no 14 14 guys like even with whites and hispanics thrown in it's less than 100 men a year there never was a problem that's that's the Mm. thing interesting Hmm. the only person who ever says that is you i mean others but really you i mean that's the thing it's not something that the corporate media ever talks about yeah i mean shout to the uh the invaluable heather mcdonald from up around your area who Yeah, she hasn't. I I don't know if she gets as many college speaking gigs. Well, there's certainly bigger ones when they happen. But I mean, I I think she's she's just a researcher who found this out, happened to have that knowledge, um, and doesn't like my my institution mostly supports me. I don't I don't know if she's gotten that kind of backing. So she's she's been pu- but she's been pushing that same that same message for Manhattan and so on for for years. So shout out to one of the OGs there. You know, Glenn Lowry's noted this, but the actual data is not. Uh, disputable at all. You know, I mean, the Washington Post, which is a little bit to the the left of Lenin, has an entire database called the Counted Those Shot by Police. And the point, I think, is to demonstrate, well, there are almost a thousand police shootings per year. But I mean, how many are fatal shootings of unarmed people, especially who happen to be black? 
And every year, if you scroll through that figure, I mean, in 2015, the first year I ever looked at when the whole hysteria began, you know, it was 27, I think, um, you know, across the entire country, 16 by white cops. So this is something that's never really changed. I mean, it's been between 12 and 30 every year that I've ever looked at. So the, the entire Black Lives Matter movement was to some extent based on a lie or at least an exaggeration like that. This is this is something that is an ordinary African-American guy walking to church or a ball game. You have to worry about that. That was never the case. Now, the other thing, too, uh, the Jesse Smollett thing really got, got to me was the time that, that it happened. And of course, I mean, two o'clock in the morning, 20 below in Chicago, the idea that these MAGA white supremacists were just looking to find somebody walking around with bleach in a noose. But the media did what they did, and they all went on about how this is a dark day for America, and this proves racism's real. And when I brought this up on Friday, I actually quoted you, the quote that you often say, which is that the thing about yeah. hate crimes, the thing about racism, the thing about all these things is that we have a we have a supply problem. The demand is there. I mean, the left wants these things to be there. The left wants to say America's racist. The left wants to say we're all divided. But the problem is that the supply of racism does not meet the demand that they need for all of their BS claims. Yeah, that, that's correct. I mean, so uh, the, the core like Ibram Kendi argument is that every single gap in performance between large groups is caused by racism. And he has this whole framework, actually, that if you don't believe that you're a racist, because the only other possible explanation for these gaps could be genetic inferiority. So you believe in genetic inferiority. You think blacks are stupid or whites are slow, you know, just so on down the line. He has chapters full of this stuff. <laughs> now, in reality, that's nonsense. You could just think there were different cultures and different groups, or you could think that as is actually the case, the average black man is 27. The average white man is in his fifties. But that, that's the argument that everything you see, crime rates in the black community, fatherlessness rates in the black community, immigration issues, that, that's caused by prejudice in some sense, oppression in some sense. The problem with this narrative, kind of getting to the point, is that for it to be at all plausible, you have to be able to point to a lot of prejudice and oppression. And in modern upper middle class American life, there's almost no prejudice and oppression. And 27% of marriages are interracial. There are, you know, these don't benefit you any more than legacy programs do, but there are formal affirmative action programs designed to help minorities. They didn't hurt me when I was going to law school, you know, so on down the line. So like looking at reality, the average white guy might say, well, that just sounds like BS. You're, you're, if anything, a little more advantage than I am. We're just brothers. And you can't have people saying that rich. So you've got all these crazy incidents that are amplified way beyond the local media where they belong to kind of make this point, like this kid at the Kansas city chiefs game that w was featured in oh. national sports media for blackface. Awful. That yeah, poor disgusting. Kid. And, yeah. The other thing with this kid, there are two things with the kid. First of all, black and red are the Kansas city chiefs colors. So now I don't know why anyone would cheer for the Kansas city chiefs enough to know that, but you know, they've had some success in recent years, solid Midwestern franchise and their team colors are red, black, and secondarily yellow. So this guy's not making fun of blacks and Indians. He's has his face painted the team colors. Also, he's a native American Indian, right? People were criticizing the red face and the, the bonnet he had on. He's the son of the chief of like the Chumash tribe in California. So, Every one of these incidents is going to collapse in this fashion, like Jussie Smollett, Covington Catholic, Duke Lacrosse. I don't mean to overstate. There are a few mass shootings and so on that, that have unfortunately been real. But the huge majority are going to turn out to be not true at all or nothing like the story we were told, because this simply isn't a huge ongoing problem. I mean, it really is that simple. It's not a huge ongoing problem, and that's a good thing, and America should celebrate that, but there are people who live to divide us and live to profit off of the division that doesn't really exist. And, we, and you mentioned some of those names. I mean, you mentioned some of those names, and, and, and obviously, I, I mean, I think it's the, the bigger picture and why they do it is because they do want to transform this country away from capitalism and towards socialism. And if you could argue that America is inherently racist and it's built on a foundation of white supremacy by a constitution that was written by a bunch of slave owners, then you you make an argument that you can tear the whole thing down and start over. And I, I've always thought that. I mean, I thought that when they were going after the statues of Confederate generals, I never thought it was ever going to end at Confederate generals. I, I thought it was going to keep going ultimately down to the founding fathers, which we see now. 
because the founding fathers are their real targets. The Constitution is the real target. The Constitution restrains government. We are not a democracy. We are a republic. And the Constitution is the restraint, the guardrails. And they don't want any guardrails and they don't want any restraints and they want majority rule. And they don't like the idea that our system is set up to guard against faction and they and the passions and the whims of the angry mob. So that ultimately, I think, is what their goal here is. And, and, and also, while they're at it, to make a buck or two, because clearly, as you pointed out, they, they, they do pretty well. It is, it is profitable. The, the, the victim industry is very profitable. Yeah, you know, came to do good, stayed to do well is one of the classic lines about charity and government. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to what you just said. Now, there were reasonable debates about should there be U.S. Army bases named after people who are technically guilty of treason against the country and so on. But yeah, reading through the Black Lives Matter, for example, founding documents, which said things like we need to get rid of first the black and then the white nuclear family. That's a quote. Um it was pretty obvious that the, the issues that they had with General Lee weren't just with General Lee. If, if you're going to criticize anyone who killed in war or owned a slave, you're going to be criticizing not just every white leader, but every global male leader until maybe 250 years ago. That, right. That's just a fact. And you get the sense that, that that is the underlying objective. Just in one sentence, if you want to criticize Western culture, which for all its flaws has been easily the most successful culture in the world past 300 years. England, the USA, Australia, the five guys, five eyes, you know, I have to throw in France here, so on down the line, Canada. It, it helps you to be able to say, well, they might've achieved great things, but they did that only because of theft from us or, but all those accomplishments are invalidated by X. And we need to move away from that evil society and toward this new, better one. Yeah, at some level, that is the deep underlying goal. What is the new alternative to the West going to be? Dr. Wilford Riley is with me, and it's always great to have him on the show. His upcoming book, Lies My Liberal Teacher Told Me, which is available for pre-order right now at Amazon.com. Another, of course, uh, big lie that we're told is that trans people in America are being viciously attacked and uh, and brutalized all all throughout uh, the country. And so the White House came out with their transgender month of awareness or whatever it was. Here is uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, the fembot. Uh, this is what she said. Take a listen. Well, today on Transgender Day of Remembrance, we grieve the 26 transgender Americans who were killed this year, year after year. We see that these victims are disproportionately black women and women of color. No one should face violence, live in fear, or be discriminated against simply for being themselves. Okay, Dr. Wilford Riley, is she correct about anything she said there? No. I mean, so this is one of my more recent articles, as you know, for uh, National Review magazine, flagship of that mainstream conservative movement, standing athwart history and yelling stop and all that. Um, no, I actually was curious enough about this to look at the data. And so, first of all, you're, you were incorrect, I will say. It was not Transgender Month of Awareness, nor was it Gay Pride Month, which we saw earlier in June. This is a separate event called Transgender Week of Remembrance. <laughs> so we, we must keep all of these distinct. There are like 18, apparently, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> so but the the theme of all this is that in a typical year, there are about 26 transgender individuals that are killed by uh, mostly you know minority and working class white males. And so this is an epidemic. There's a you know, in our society, we're exterminating these these precious people. What what I did was just calculate that murder rate of 26 against a population of 1%. And all of a sudden, I mean, I realized that the transgender murder rate was, you know, an order of, excuse me, an order of magnitude lower than the murder rate for blacks, poor whites, men, Southerners. So it was, again, one of those situations where something is happening that initially does sound depressing or disturbing. And you start unpacking and looking at it because, you know, you never want anyone to die. And you realize that there's a lie of omission here. Like it, it's technically true. People in this group are the victim of crimes, but they are less often the victim of crimes than almost everyone else. So that that's, that's what I found. And, and the piece, by the way, at national review trans, there is no trans genocide, which is good. I mean, again, that's something that everybody yeah. should be happy about. We don't support genocide of, of any kind. 
Um, but but again, there are groups out there that that live to exist, exist to they fundraise off of they make money off of this notion that there is this genocide happening in, in America. And, you know, it's like when the Nashville shooter, that school shooter who was transgender, came out and, you know, this manifesto that ultimately had to be leaked by Steven Crowder because they wouldn't they wouldn't release it. They wouldn't put it out there. Um, but they they initially tried to spin that as if because of what. That that shooter did that day. Trans people were going to be brutally attacked in re- in some sort of revenge or something like that. And of course, that that didn't happen either. But here was a person who clearly was motivated by hatred of straight white people, Christians, and wanted to murder them because of that fact. And then, when that was obvious in the manifesto, they did everything they possibly could to keep that from being released. So that people would not know the motivations of that, because, again, it shatters the narrative, the narrative being what? Well, transgender people are actually brutally victimized in this country on a daily basis. They're certainly not aggressors, right? Yeah. I mean, so if you look at the trans percentage of the population, there's almost certainly a much higher rate of aggression in serious cases. If you look at like of the last five mass shooters, I think three were trans or non-binary. I mean, there's a really high correlation between that and mental illness. There's a much higher rate of that than there is of unprovoked victimization. It's just, again, there, there's not really anyone that's in the uh, in the market for that message, except maybe in kind of right-leaning media. But the reality still is what it is. The reality is what it is. Well, that's uh, it's a good reality to have then because it's uh, a positive thing. Let me I want to play another clip for you. This is in Philadelphia. You probably heard about this. This is a uh, Jewish owned Philadelphia falafel restaurant. Oh, yeah. And it made national news, Goldie. And the uh, the chef there is an American-Israeli chef named Michael Solomon, Michael Solomonov. Uh, and the people there vandalized the front door and the windows, and they were chanting this chant. Take a listen. So Goldie, Goldie, you can't hide! There you go, Dr. Wilford Riley. Uh, w- w- what do you make of all these, uh, uh, quote, pro-Palestinian pro- protesters out there? Yeah, I mean, first of all, that that sounds a lot more like a lynch mob, something black Americans, Irish people, certainly the Jews have heard in the past than it does a legitimate protest about Palestinian issues. They're either claiming the guy I did from the what I was hearing, they're either claiming the guy's committing genocide or they're advocating genocide for him. I mean, that's not... In either case, you know, peaceful language. The thing that's so stupid about this is that it gets right to the root of why protest culture is pretty much useless and why people with jobs tend to make fun of it. I mean, so they're chanting Goldie, Goldie, you can't hide. I'm not from Philly, but I think I've been to Goldie on a business trip. and It's like a falafel place. Yeah. Like they're they're attacking a Middle Eastern food restaurant by name and accusing it of backing Israeli war crimes or something. So, I mean, like, this is something that we've seen for the past couple of years that I think we've become way too tolerant of in the United States in terms of things that should be wiped out totally. But like, legally, of course, but like mobs of people getting together and picking the most random targets and attacking them for reasons like not having a black square in their window. So, I mean, to say the obvious, if you have a problem with someone and you're on the right, I mean, there might be exceptions, late-term abortion clinics or something, but you you don't go to businesses owned by liberals or businesses with rainbow flags in the windows or black owned businesses and attack them because you have some kind of vague disagreement with the political opinions you think their owners might hold. So the the solution to this is basically just enforcing the law. Like if you're attacking a small businessman with fighting sticks and beating in his windows, just have send in as many cops as it takes and throw those guys in jail. I don't I don't know what else to say about that. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? And uh, the governor of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, came out and condemned this as an anti-Semitic rally. Uh, it's funny, too, because the guy here who is uh, the chef behind behind all this, Michael Solomonov, you look at his Twitter account and he puts out a lot of <coughs> very uh, pro-Democrat things. I mean, he retweets Barack Obama. He's always retweeting things that are issues that are big to the left. I mean, Kamala Harris, uh, uh, on and on it goes. 
so again, it's another irony, right? I mean, it's uh, you have these anti-Semites who are protesting outside his restaurant and screaming and yelling and everything like that. And politically, they're probably on the same side of the aisle with him. I mean, that you don't see conservatives out there doing these things. There are not people on the right who are out there doing these awful anti-Semitic chants and rallies outside of colleges or restaurants or anything else. And this is not the first time this has happened in Philadelphia. There, there were others that it happened. And of course, the Philadelphia Inquirer, they write it like this. Hundreds, hundreds rally for Gaza in Philly, stopped to protest outside Goldie Falafel Shop. That's how they reported what happened there. These people committed violence, anti-Semitic chants. The local newspaper in town, the Inquirer, writes it like that. Hundreds rally for Gaza in Philly, stopped to protest outside Goldie Falafel Shop. Like they just took a stop, you know, like, like a rest stop. You know what I mean? Just a just a stop along the protest route. Yeah, I mean, so there, there are a couple things here. Like, first of all, this is a good illustration of how you can never be politically pure enough for woke people. Right, right. <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean, like, the, the idea, and I'm not, I don't mean to stereotype here, but the idea that a Jewish guy in a city as big as Chicago who owns a small business is a Republican, 5% chance. I mean, so clearly, you know, when it comes to his voting position on Obama or his take on early trimester abortion or his position on union labor or something, this guy, I guarantee you, is a down-the-road, check-every-blue-box Democrat. Just because everyone in that demographic would be. Right. You know, so why are they turning against him? Well, because on the one thing where he says, look, I'm of Jewish heritage, there may have been crimes on both sides, but it's impossible to defend Hamas on October 7th. On the one thing that they're rallying around now, they don't agree with him. It really is that simple. Like, we don't need to go very deep into it. There's there's almost a religious catechism. Like, if you're in church, you can't tell your priest, well, sure, I fornicate, but I don't commit crimes of violence. I mean, it's be, be assigned 180 Hail Marys or whatever, and it's a wrap. I mean, it's his job. He's a priest. So it's the same thing with any catechistic behavior like this. And this is why you see, like, businesswoman friends of mine like they get that it's a joke, but they'll post if they're working in marketing or something, they'll post this stuff like why I'm confident in my feminism because my feminism is pro-Palestine. It's pro-black. It's pro-illegal migration. And like I'll sometimes message them like, did you get it all? Like it's it's obvious that in stepping away from any of these one thing, any of these things would leave you very open to criticism. Like, but what about the migrants? In reality, feminism in any coherent sense is just a belief women should be paid as much money as men. Like it has nothing to do with any of that but all that is the catechism and this guy this guy was a heretic he took a line out of the catechism yeah and and feminist too which of course at one point advocated for women to be able to have access to uh you, you know jobs in the workplace and then climb the corporate ladder and make sure they're paid as much as men feminists now are the same people that are saying that if a biological male wants to compete against a woman that that man should have the right to do so and should be cheered on uh, so again, feminism is, is, is very, very odd today. I, somebody made a great point regarding that kid to bring up the kid again, who was with the, um, had the colors painted on his face. Uh, you know, if that little boy had been a little girl who went to the, had he identified as a little girl and went as Pocahontas and somebody criticized him for doing that, that person would be out of a job today. Like if that guy wrote a piece saying, um, a, you're not a, you're not a girl and B, you're not a, you're not an Indian princess or native American princess. That guy would be out of a job. Deadspin is not out of a job. And this is the other thing I wanted to bring up to you, whether it's Deadspin or whether it's Rolling Stone with that awful piece about a rape on campus where they vilify these young fraternity oh, yeah. men at UVA. There seems to be no consequences to their actions. Like they can just get away with it. And I think the reason why is because they argue, well, OK, so this one was wrong, but it doesn't change the fact that there's rape culture. So we got one story wrong, but it doesn't matter because somewhere right now in America, um, women are just being raped all across college campuses. And all right, we got this one wrong, but it doesn't matter because America is so racist that um, there, there are other kids who have racism in their heart. And that's how I think they get this gigantic pass. And there's no consequences for them whatsoever, even in the marketplace, it seems. Yeah, so I'd say two things there. First of all, the things that they are accusing everyone of doing, no one ever does. I mean, I wasn't a, I wasn't a hated guy in college. I've never seen a, a Greek house or a large GDI, quote unquote, group engage in that kind of treatment of women. I don't, it, don't think it would be tolerated. I'm sure there are rapists out there just like there are anywhere else. But of course, there aren't entire fraternity houses running rape rings upstairs with 20 brothers just sitting around watching that. That's not occurring. It's the same thing with racism. There aren't massive, like whites and blacks have begun doing this or whatever the Caucasians and African-Americans have begun doing this uh, on social media where there's this video of like two guys getting in a fight and people comment under it like the West has fallen. Like, no, it hasn't. 
there's there's not an epidemic of this, certainly not in the white on black direction, but even really overall. You know, so the first point is that a lot of times these phenomena don't exist. The second thing is that even if the phenomenon does exist, like, I mean, there are rowdy parties at college. I'm sure there are sexual assaults. If you are innocent, it's still liable to accuse you. It doesn't matter that someone who has a penis is a rapist. I'm not. You know, so I'm going to sue you if you say I am. And I, I actually think that this gets into something very deep, which is that a lot of middle class people, and I notice in particular white people, business people, kind of don't feel like the laws around this are written to apply to them. But in reality, the Civil Rights Act, the laws against defamation, all that stuff are totally ecumenical. Like, you can sue. I feel a little guilty giving people the advice to bring more lawsuits. But I mean, like, what you kind of need here is what I think of as the Covington Rule. So when they did this with the Covington Catholic kids who come from like no joke families in Kentucky, I know some of them, they actually literally rounded up the best lawyer in Lexington and just sued everyone. They sued the Washington Post, they sued CNN, MSNBC, and they won, I'm going to throw out a figure, $10 million. Right. Like, that's not officially reported, but I mean, it was, it was a sizable amount of money. I mean, Nick Sandeman's not a poor man in college. He goes around this area. I mean, so... I would recommend that people do that. Like if you're a pike or whatever, and you're at, you're on, you're on a particular campus and something that's obviously your fraternity with the house described in detail is accused of running the story of O style parties, get your dad's lawyer on the line. I mean, like it's that, that's the solution. Like if someone performs an operation on your kid that makes them permanently infertile, sue them for $20 million. And I think when that begins to happen, when ordinary citizens kind of overcome the disgust about these kind of gauche media attracting lawsuits and start doing that, all this stuff is going to slow down dramatically. You can't refuse to hire blacks, but you can't refuse to hire whites either. Yeah. And I, and I, I think the family has retained counsel, the family, that little boy, and, and, and they should sue. They should sue Deadspin. Absolutely. 100%. They should. It's the only way you got to fight back on this stuff. I mean, I think I'm glad Elon Musk is suing Media Matters for the little the, the the vile game that they played with the algorithm to try to make all these companies believe that their advertisements were being shown next to these you know vile racists on Twitter. I mean, it was a it was an absolute um, lie what they did, and 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 you have you got to push back on that. I mean, I think conservatives are learning that you cannot let these things go. You have to fight back, otherwise they'll just keep doing it. Yeah, I think that the the impression of conservatives, because we were always kind of like the business people, like we were, we were in charge of a decent number of these sectors. The impression of conservatives always was, well, it's it's only our enemies doing this stuff. I mean, like you might be called a racist by the Southern Poverty Law Center during a Democratic administration, but no one Moody's corporate ratings. No one's going to take that seriously. But as the infiltration of kind of woke perspectives into business and academia increased, you find that one people do take that very seriously if you look at esg and how blackrock lists funds and so on um and two the mainstream entities are starting to do this so like wikipedia for example google something like cultural marxism and see what wikipedia says the last i looked it was like the anti-scientific right-wing conspiracy theory that jews control the world <laughs> and it was just like bro that's not what it is <laughs> like we were writing articles about this for tablet magazine in 2020 like you just made that up but you, you're right. You do have to start fighting back. Like if someone Googles you, I've had this happen to me. But if someone Googles you and the first thing they get is like, you know, right wing consultant and professor Wilfred Riley, whose dubious theories that most hate crimes are fake. <laughs> it's like, you know, there's a chart in the book. It's, there's nothing questionable. So you have to go after that article and, you know, critique the author, maybe sue him. Where'd you get your facts? Otherwise, that's how you're going to be seen. Like the first hit for Matt Walsh will be like transphobe of the year. I think he'd think that was funny. But there are a lot of people in regular work that, that don't have that luxury. Uh, by the way, are you friends with Jordan Peterson? Uh, I've talked to him a couple of times online. I don't know him personally. I mean, he's another one, right, where he, he's a guy that Canada tries to shut him up and, and, you know, they go after him all the time. I have a story from Canada. I'll, this will be the last thing I bring up with you because I know you got to run. But an official Canadian government agency has declared that Christmas is racist and rooted in settler and colonial discrimination. The Canadian Human Rights Commission claims that Christianity in practice is, in Canada is essentially a form of discrimination. They said only through better understanding of how religious intolerance takes place in Canada can our legislation, policies, and programs be crafted to address the causes and consequences of this intolerance. And they go on to talk about how Christmas is, in fact, inherently 
uh, an example of religious bias and also, of course, back to racism again. Yeah, I mean, it's complete drivel. Like, Christmas is the birthday of Jesus. It's been celebrated. I mean, Jesus obviously died in assuming the uh, historical story. I wouldn't describe it as just a legend, but I mean, like, he died in 34 AD. Yeah. It's been celebrated since 50 years after that, after the death of Paul. I mean, by a bunch of people like Ethiopia and other not exactly white countries. So that's a, that's a really like a lot of this this woke stuff strikes me. Unlike traditional liberals who would really you know go to the wall with you about health care or the war in Vietnam or something, a lot of these woke people just strike me as dumb. Like they they're sort of set associations like oppressor oppressed that are taken from like the American black or heterosexual context and then are just stupidly applied to things where they don't make any sense. Like the whole Jewish Arab conflict in the Middle East has nothing to do with colonialism or oppression. It's two of the most powerful groups in the world fighting over land. Like, I mean, it's if you, I support the Israelis, but just the, your framework makes no sense there. And saying that the religion of most native Canadians is racist is nonsensical i mean in fact there's no better argument that the old wars as i call them capital o capital w were good than that kind of undisputed elements of civilization like christianity and science were spread around the world and indian chiefs used to say this like we wouldn't have the scientific method we'd still be worshiping you know the old war god coyote were it not for these conflicts so like we mourn the warriors we lost but it's good for everyone that both we and our white neighbor live in you know, a three-story brick house with indoor heating. This, this used to be pretty much the consensus, and I, I think in a saner world it still would be. Well said, my friend. Well said. Always a pleasure. Always enjoy our time together. Lies my liberal teacher told me. Pre-order it now at Amazon.com. Dr. Wilfred Riley, follow him on Twitter at Will... Well, it's, uh- W-I-L underscore D-A underscore Beast 630. It's Will the Beast 630, like an old prefix and a jersey number kind of shoved in there. I'm from Aurora, Illinois, but it's Will the Beast 630. Follow him. It's worth it. Trust me. You'll enjoy it. All right, my friend. I'll talk to you again soon. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Bye. It's the 5 o'clock happy hour. Happy hour. Brought to you by the Oceanfront Grand Hotel of Cape May. Save 15% on midweek stays, Sunday through Thursday. Now till December 31st. Just mention the promo code Zioli at GrandHotelCapeMay.com. And you know what? If you're looking for the perfect holiday gift for your family this year, book a holiday getaway at my happy place, the beautiful Oceanfront Grand Hotel in Cape May, New Jersey. Now, first of all, mark your calendar. Our next live show is going to be Friday, December 15th. It's our last one on the books. We don't have any more scheduled. That's it. Your last chance. If you've been thinking about coming to a live show at the Grand and you've been putting it off, well, you better do it. If you've been if you've been to one before, I expect to see you back for our big year-end grand finale Christmas style at the Grand Hotel of Cape May. Because Cape May is beautiful Christmas time. They go all out. And you'll love it. And they have something for everyone. For the kiddos, you can book the Grand's Holiday Family Splash Package and enjoy the huge indoor pool with the hot tub, arcade, delicious food at Hemingway's Restaurant. Holiday Splash Packages include complimentary breakfast when you stay two or more nights, stay three or four nights, and save 10% off regular rates. Book five or more nights and save 15% off room rates. Valid from December 22nd through December 28th. Or ring in the new year in a grand way when you book the grand New Year's Eve package. This package is loaded, including breakfasts and dinners all weekend and toasting in 2024 at the main event celebration in the beautiful fifth floor ballroom. There's so much more to the Grand Hotel. The people, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. The views of the ocean. Always book direct with them to get the best rates. Call today, 800 257 8550 or visit grandhotelcapemay.com grandhotelcapemay.com and I will see you Friday, December 15th for our next and final of the year live show grandhotelcapemay.com Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Zioli Show. On your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Indeed, indeed. 855-839-1210 is a number if you'd like to weigh in today on Twitter at Rich Zioli. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, I, I, I mentioned this, this situation that happened at Macy's in Philadelphia today. Um, awful and making national news too. Once again, Philadelphia making national news. I'll tell you, it, it, it always seems like uh, just another day, another story of, of crime in the city. And the latest from local news, I'll go to Fox 29 because they, they always have good stuff and Steve Keeley's always good. And this is the update from about an hour ago. Macy's stabbing, security guard killed and double stabbing at Philadelphia Macy's. Authorities say an unarmed security guard was killed in a double stabbing Monday morning at the flagship Macy's store that happened right by City Hall. So if you've been in that neighborhood of Philly recently, and you probably have not, and I don't blame you. Honestly, I really don't. I don't blame you. We used to love going to the Christmas Village in Philly, and we used to love to take the kids there. I will not be doing that this year. Absolutely not. No way. Just no way. Not doing it. I, 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 you know, the more and more people that I talk to who don't live in the city have no interest in going in none the crime thing is just because let's face it i mean philly used to be a great christmas time it was great to go and enjoy it and walk around and that christmas village that they had at love park and now it's city hall used to be a beautiful thing we would do it every year bridge and i did it actually before we even had kids we used to do that you know we were we were we had a place up in up by fairmount we would walk down there and we'd get some hot toddies for the road and do our shopping and had a wonderful time. Loved it. When the kids came around, we would bring the kids and it was fun. And we made a day of it, you know, made a day of it, do that, get some food in the city and walk around. I have no interest in doing that now. Really don't. None. I have just no interest. And and I hope that the new police commissioner can, can turn things around. I, I hope the mayor can. I was very impressed that the mayor took the time to go on with Dom and very impressed that she is saying all the right things, at least when it comes to, supporting law enforcement and fighting criminals. She has a major problem, though, that is going to be very dif- difficult for her to deal with, and that is that she is dealing with a district attorney, Larry Krasner, who believes that criminals are victims, like all Marxists do, and so he is not going to be pushing back, and the crime is just completely out of freaking control. And you also have a nation right now that is an epidemic of shoplifting. It's it's a... We've made jokes on the show before about how you can steal up to $1,000. So bring in your calculator. And as you're stealing stuff, just make sure you don't cross that 999 threshold, $999.99. If you don't, you're good. You can take it all, you walk out with it, and you're good to go. If you cross that threshold, then you're going to go to jail. So, you know, as you're shoplifting, be mindful of that. As a consequence of that, of cities now being relaxed on shoplifters again, because they feel like they're victims and they just don't have enough and they're victims of capitalism and blah, blah, blah. You have stores leaving. You have stores locking up merch and you have uh, things go bad because criminals are brazen. The stabbing happened following a botched shoplifting attempt inside the store. It's a 1300 block of market around 11 a.m. Investigators believe the suspect was caught by security guards stealing hats and handed over the stolen merchandise after a brief confrontation. About 15 minutes later, investigators say the suspect returned to the store, attacked two security guards, stabbing both of them with a knife. And a 30-year-old security guard died at Jefferson Hospital from a stab wound to the neck. The second victim, a 23-year-old, was treated for stab wounds to the face and the arm. The suspect fled the store, was later captured by SEPTA police at the Somerset station. Just a tragic situation. A few weeks before the holiday, these security officers are just doing their job. They're here to make sure that people can come to this location and shop in a safe manner, said the interim police commissioner. He added that retail thefts are not uncommon at the store, with more than 250 incidents of retail theft having already been reported this year. 
It's an ongoing situation, an ongoing problem, not just for large chain stores like this, but in terms of businesses throughout the city. It's not any less important as far as our chain of things to address as far as safety for the city, because you can see it's very important in the fact that what starts out as retail theft ended in a homicide. And I would imagine that this is going to turn out to be some crazy freaking homeless person like you're seeing all over. And that's another problem, too, is that as cities tolerate the homeless problem and they believe that these people have a right to have tents on the street and defecate on the streets and everything else, they, they create a culture and that culture is lawlessness and people don't want to come in. And if you don't prosecute people for minor things, it becomes a major problem. It is the broken window theory of of policing if you allow broken windows to exist if you allow the petty crimes to go on bigger crimes will come and that that mentality of addressing that is how new york city was able to turn itself around it was why philadelphia was a safe city for a long time and now why the city have has gone to hell and why all these democrat cities have gone to hell because they don't go after petty crimes anymore i saw somebody the other day just weaving in and out of traffic I mean, so brazenly driving up and down the Vine Street Expressway, no license plates on the car, not in the front, not on the back. And you can't stop them anymore for that. That's what I mean. You can't. They don't want police encountering people because the left has decided that police are just out there uh, killing unarmed black men, which is a lie. And you just heard Wilford Riley go through the stats on that. It's a lie. But that doesn't stop the left from saying it. And it doesn't stop the left from coming up with all of these reasons why police should not be interacting with citizens, why police should not be out there dealing with people and and confronting them, because the people that 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 the police wind up coming across, they're just victims anyway. And then the police are just going to kill them. That's what the left said. That's what the left believes. And this is what you get. This is the you reap what you sow. Uh, Bill is in West Grove. Bill, how are you, sir? Hey, Rich. Happy holidays. It's good to speak with you again. Same to you, Bill. Um, I have two questions. How long or how how long can you go on stealing before there's nothing left to steal? And how long will the American people put up with this stuff? It's, it's over the edge, man. Yeah, man. I don't know. I it's, it's really how long until businesses just say we're out and you see that happening, right? Businesses saying we're not going to be here anymore and then leaving. Which is a big yeah, disservice and, and, to the to the neighborhoods. Yep. And and then does it move to a different location? Does it keep coming out this way? Because I'm way out in the country, man, and I'm not even comfortable with it. And I totally agree with what you said about Philly. I used to work in there. I met Liberace in there one morning, and and Philly used to be a grand place to be. It's not now. No, it's not, and it's getting. And the thing is, it's getting worse. I mean, I I I will put great faith in the mayor and faith in the new police commissioner. But you still have the you still have the problem with the with the district attorney Larry Krasner. That's the problem. You still have this, well, and until that changes, I don't know how you're going to be able to improve a damn thing. Well, you said that she's saying all the right things. Let's hope she'll do all the right things. But I want to wish you and your staff and your family, your lovely family, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, and to all the Zioli Army out there, man. Well said, Bill. Same to you, buddy. Thank you so much for the call and for listening to the show. We appreciate it, pal. I do it every day, man. I learn a whole lot from you, my friend. Love to hear that. Thanks, buddy. Doug is in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Hello, Doug. Hey, Rich. Good to talk to you. I just have one question, actually, clarification on the $999 thing. Yes. Is that before tax or tax included? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question, right? So <laughs> I, I, the advice I give to shoplifters is factor in the sales tax. Right. Because some okay. things are not taxable. So, again, it takes a little bit of work. But as you're going around the store stealing stuff, have a calculator and also a handy guide to what is taxable and non-taxable uh, in Pennsylvania. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate uh, it. Here to help. Any other questions? Nope. Have a good holiday. All right, buddy. You too. Thank you, Doug. Yeah, that, that's how it throws people off, Matt DeSantis. You know, you, you wind up, you steal a TV, taxable. You steal gloves, may not be taxable. It, You know... So you got to know, and it's on you as a shoplifter. It's on you. Nobody can hold your hand through this. You got to take some responsibility for your actions and know if you're going over the 999. And you can't claim the sales tax problem when you get out of the store. (laughs) Shoplifting isn't as simplistic as I thought it was. Wow. No, I mean, it's getting easier with the help of technology. Yeah. 
but you still have to solve that mathematical equation. Yeah, and most shoplifters, let's face it, are Mensa candidates. They are geniuses. <laughs> they should not need a calculator. They should be able to calculate all of this in their head. But, yeah, look, I say the cal- I'm not a math guy, so for me, if I go on a shoplifting binge, I got to have the- I got to do it old-fashioned. Can I suggest that maybe the first thing you steal is the calculator? No, that's an excellent suggestion actually. Yeah. And yeah, right, that should be the first thing you take. <laughs> Protect yourself. The hell would they just take a computer and then like, as you're standing there just setting it up, be like, sir, can we help with that? No, I'm going to steal this. It's it's on sale for 250 That's the other thing, too. A lot of people don't realize about shoplifting. You have to go with the – you don't do the pre-sale price. You just oh. do the sale price. People don't realize oh, that. Oh, jeez. I had no idea. I know. I, it throws people off all the time. You do learn a lot by listening to this show. I'm here to help. It's what I do. Ever since the shame of my – prediction that doug bergen was going all the way fell flat but in fairness who could have seen that coming i know i agree i mean most astute political minds were with me on this that doug <laughs> bergen was going all the way but i owe the zioli army a, a, a do-over i owe a mulligan here and i'm sorry you know i got it wrong i'm crushed i'm just as crushed as you are i don't even know who i am anymore <laughs> doug bergen we hardly knew you you and your bergen bros both of them there were dozens of people backing him. There are dozens of us. We're the Bergen Bros. He had 50,000 supporters, though. He just had to... No, he got 50,000 people to get suckered for a gift card. <laughs> well, he still counted as supporters. Listen, in I'll take a gift card, too. It doesn't mean I support the guy. You had to donate a dollar, and then you got a $20 gift card uh, in return. Yeah, you know what we call that in Jersey? A bribe. <laughs> a payoff. That's what we call that. I'll give you 20 bucks if you vote for me. All right. Sure. <laughs> how the hell that's legal, I have no idea, but yeah, that that's how Bergen got on the debate stage. Very strange. Give me a dollar, and I'll give, I'll, and I'll give you a $20 gift card. People are like, all right, sure. Yeah, I don't care. Hey, here's a dollar. I just made 19 bucks. It took me 30 seconds. Oh, Doug, you let us down. And the thing about Doug Bergam is I always really appreciate his position on. I, I don't know any of his positions, but I just loved I loved I loved his look, you know, I loved I loved uh, flannels and a yeah. Carhartt vest. To yeah, go that 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 whole thing and the hair kind yeah. of flowed. It was sort of like a and don't forget his walking yeah. boot. It, right. There's that. Yeah, he tore his, his hair was very much like uh, what's his name? Um, Matthew. Um, What's his McConaughey? McConaughey. Yeah. All right. All right yeah, we're kind of right. kind of reminded me a little McConaughey vibe going on. Oh, you, know? you know what? He kind of does have McConaughey yeah. hair. Would have been interesting to see him and Gavin Newsom square off in a debate. That'd be a good hair battle. <laughs> good hair battle. Be a good hair battle right there. And the other thing too about Doug Burgum is that you know Christy Nome as the governor of South Dakota gets all the attention because she's a smoke show. Um, and Doug was always the lesser of the Dakota governors. Let's be honest, <laughs> right? I mean. You know, you have the Dakotas, and, and North Dakota is kind of the lesser anyway, because you don't have Mount Rushmore, right? That's in South Dakota. So, And then you get the hot governor, and then you get Doug. So he was the lesser in every single way. But, I mean, to drop out of the race before the asshat, is, that, that, that says a lot. It was an uphill battle for him. It was. And I called this one wrong. I just called it wrong, damn it. But everybody makes mistakes in life, all right? Sometimes you have to learn, and it's a bitter pill to swallow. But my next prediction, that we will watch the inauguration of President Asset Hutchinson <laughs> on January 21st of 2024 will come true. You write this down at 5.54 p.m., December 4th, 2023. <laughs> I still think you're mispronouncing his first name. Uh, Hutchinson. The first name. Hutchinson, yeah. Hutchins? Hutchins or Hutchinson? No, no, yeah, Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Asset Hutchinson. See, I think it's the first name you're mispronouncing. I I think I just said it right, Henry, don't don't you think? It's it's a little, it gets caught in the throat a little bit when you're saying it. Sometimes I talk too fast. I've heard that criticism before. Maybe that's just it. I have to slow down a little bit. Yeah, take a drink of water and say it one more time. It might just be me. I might be hearing things. Maybe I'll gargle with it. I can't do that. I've never been able to gargle. Which is a radio host you should be able to do because your throat gets tired sometimes. You got to gargle with salt water, they say. But I never do that. I just drink bourbon.
makes it easier. Coax it, you know, coats it on the way down. So, <laughs> little liquor layer. That's all. Well, we're gonna do that at the Grand Hotel. There's a tree at the Grand Hotel. We're gonna be there for that December fifteenth. You coming to Santa's? I'll be there, of course. Excellent, Henry. Henry. <clears throat> uh, Henri. I'll I'll be here, uh, man. And oh, come know, on! Why can't you come? I I've got something. Oh 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 oh! <laughs> a prior a prior oh, engagement. This isn't at all sus, as the kids say. <laughs> sus. I'm acting very sus right now. You're being very sus right now, Henry. Very sus. What do you have that night? A hot date? Uh, not no, not exactly. I'm taking a little trip. Oh, Henry the Eighth vacation. Where are you going this time? Oh, <laughs> uh, we're heading down to the nation's capital. Are you really? Yeah. Good. You gonna storm it? <laughs> uh, that oh, remains down to be, there? that remains to be seen. It depends on how many drinks I have. Be careful. You just got on a list. You're now on the terror watch list. Congratulations. Great. Now I'm FBI's most wanted. Yeah, there's gonna be two black SUVs outside the uh, Odyssey headquarters when you walk out tonight. <laughs> Great. Just what I needed. Just what I needed. Yeah. Start is it too week. soon to make jokes about storming the Capitol? I mean, <laughs> I was just, I was just, it's like the Princess Bride, you know? Have fun storming the Capitol. Uh, guys, don't screw this up. Christmas, I mean, don't screw up what you get your wife and your girlfriend or both. Just kidding. Make sure you do it the right way. And that is why you have to do what I did last year and what I'm doing again this year. Get her something soft, something very luxurious, something she will look beautiful in and she'll be comfortable in and something you will love to see her in. And of course, I'm talking about the beautiful, comfortable, naturally nude pajamas at pajamagram.com. So good, they sell out every year. Bridget loves hers. She does. She loves them because they're super soft and luxurious. And I think she looks gorgeous in them. You will love them. Naturally nude pajamas are known for the ultimate comfort and style. Soft, silky, Totally luxurious, better than lingerie with a curved, caressing fit. And here's the best part. When you order Naturally Nude Pajamas today, you're going to get a free Naturally Nude nighty. That's a $75 savings on a deluxe two-in-one complete gift. And that's not all. With Pajamagram, you can even add gift packaging. Now, that's one easy holiday gift that is sure to make her happy, but you have to hurry before it's gone. Go to Pajamagram today. Pajamagram.com today. For the naturally nude pajamas, you'll get the free nighty. They'll wrap it. They'll ship it to you. You'll be happy. She'll be happy as well. The naturally nude pajamas at pajamagram.com. It's like wearing next to nothing at all. So many styles and colors to choose from. Really beautiful stuff. So go to pajamagram.com right now and order them for her today. You don't want this to sell out and you don't want this to go and be something that you wish you got her and she hoped that she got and then didn't get it. So do it now. You'll get the free 90. She'll be happy. $75 savings on a deluxe two-in-one complete gift. Naturally nude pajamas, pajamagram.com. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 